appreciate you. Well, Jack, thank you for bringing that message and song to us this morning. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. So glad Shirley came and got me and said you were coming with uh, coming with her this weekend. Thank you all for uh, being part of the service already. Thank you to Les and to Eddie and to uh, Debbie for helping lead in the worship. Uh, we're in our series called Learning to Listen, and tonight we're gonna or today we're gonna talk about what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit. Which is actually kind of interesting because when we talk about hearing God speak through the Holy Spirit, it's almost kind of a redundant statement. Because sometimes we get this idea that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in these just just in miracles. Just in things that like break open the skies and just speak to us. And it only happens maybe once or twice in a lifetime. But in reality, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit speaking to us, we're talking about every single day how God speaks to us. So the things we've already talked about, how God speaks through his word a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about the Holy Spirit speaking to us through his word. Last week we talked about through prayer. We're talking about the Holy Spirit speaking to us through prayer. So what learning to listen to the Holy Spirit really means is learning to discern whose voice we're listening to. Because we've got a lot of voices that are speaking to us. Voices in this world this culture, our own mind that tries to lead us a certain way. We've got the enemy that's working against us, the devil, who's trying to put thoughts and ideas and temptations in our mind and lead us astray. And we've got the Holy Spirit speaking to us. So how do we learn to recognize his voice? We're going to talk about that this morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, we do thank you again for today. Thank you that you are speaking to us even now. And that we can hear you. Help us to clear our minds and discern your voice out of all the voices that are speaking to us. Help us to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's kind of an interesting thought. How do you actually learn to recognize someone's voice? Like, if I were to describe the voice of someone you've never heard speak before, do you think you would recognize them? It's kind of a weird thought to think of. If no one knew what you sounded like, how would you describe your voice to them? You don't have to say it out loud, but just think about it. How would you describe your personal voice when you're talking, when you're trying to tell someone what you sound like? You know, I was looking up online some of the most famous, recognizable voices of celebrities and musicians, and some of these you'll probably recognize who they are. Morgan Freeman. Vincent Price, kind of an older one. Maybe some of y'all don't know who Vincent Price is. Sean Connery, Liam Neeson, Dolly Parton, Elvis. Now, if you know any of those people, you can probably picture in your mind what they sound like. A lot of them have accents. A lot of them are famous for their singing voices and, and the things that they've done. It, and actually, the, the, what I looked up was the number one most recognizable celebrity voice was James Earl Jones. Now, does anybody know who, what James Earl Jones sounds like? Do you know who James Earl Jones is? Good, a good amount of you do. So if you were trying to describe James Earl Jones's voice to someone who's never heard of James Earl Jones or heard him speak before, what would you say? Robust, loud, booming, deep, powerful, maybe even scary if you know what James Earl Jones sounds like. Now, those of you that are kind of lost, maybe you're like, okay, well, I've heard deep and powerful voices before. I don't know that I would recognize him. So 
in describing the voice, it also helps to tell a little bit about the person. You know, he's a famous actor and what he's done. He's probably most recognizable for providing the voice of Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies. Now, some of the younger kids, maybe, if you've seen the Star Wars movies and you know what Darth Vader sounds like, you can picture James Earl Jones's, or you can, you can hear it in your head. You can hear his voice in your head. So it's important that we have a description of the voice we're trying to hear, but also to see examples of that voice. So when we talk about God's voice, we've already looked at over the last few weeks that it's described as a rushing waters, the sound of the wind, a still small voice, the thunder booming from heaven. All of these were manifestations of God's voice in the Bible. But also it helps us to look at what he does. Listen to how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 verses 15 and 17 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, because he dwells with you and will be in you. A couple of chapters later, Jesus is still talking about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16. And he says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. So Jesus, in these two passages, describes who the Holy Spirit is, and he tells us what he does, so we can recognize his activity in our lives. The first thing that Jesus said in both of those passages is that the Holy Spirit is our helper. That Greek word for helper is actually paraclete, which is translated one who goes alongside of. Basically someone who's got your back. Someone who's walking alongside you in every one of life's journeys. He's with you always, Jesus says. He will never leave you. So the Holy Spirit is God beside you, God with you. But it says he's also the spirit of truth. He's the one that reveals God's ways and convicts us of our sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. When we read God's word, when we see God's activity in the world and in our lives, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us. But the world cannot see him. You cannot see the Holy Spirit through, through seeking worldly things. You cannot rationalize and, and, and try with your own human intellect to understand the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says that we know him. We know the spirit of truth because the Holy Spirit is God beside us and inside of us. The Holy Spirit is beside us. He's the paraclete. He's the one that goes with us, who walks alongside of us each and every day. He's the one that's got our back, who helps us carry our burdens, who guides us and leads us and directs us. That's the Holy Spirit. But he's also inside of us as well. He is living within us. The scripture says that we are the temple of God's Holy Spirit the convictions that we have, the peace that we feel, the purpose that we have in life, the hope, the love, the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace, every aspect of God that you experience in your life is because of the Holy Spirit being beside you and inside of you. And this is every 
day. We have access to God because of this, but it can be hard to hear. As we've said, we've already got so many distractions that try to speak other things into our lives. So how do we know that we're listening to the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing we can do is listen to what he has already said to you. Listen to what the Holy Spirit has already said to you. And you might say, wait a minute, I've never heard the Holy Spirit. Remember the first week we said, very rarely does God speak in a booming, audible James Earl Jones type voice. Most of the time, he speaks to us through his word, through prayer. And next week, we're going to take a look at our circumstances in life, how God speaks to us through those. But look at what he's already said to us in his word. Second Peter chapter 1 Beginning in verse 16, Peter says, We didn't follow cleverly invented and devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." We ourselves heard this voice born from heaven, for we were with him on that holy mountain. He goes on to say, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as a lamp to a shining, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns in your hearts, and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Let's break down what Peter just told us here. Peter first says, we were eyewitnesses to Jesus Christ's glory. We saw it on the mountain. Remember last week we talked about that. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up onto the mountain. He was transformed in front of them. He showed them his glory. And Peter, he got all crazy. He didn't know what to do. He starts talking out of his mind. He says, I'll build a tent for them, and it's good that we're here. And he's just talking and trying to make sense of things and trying to stay in control. And the voice of God booms out of the heaven and says, This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And Peter needed to be interrupted by the voice of God because he was too busy trying to make sense of things and do things in his own power. He needed to hear the voice of God tell him to stop and listen. That's what we talked about last week, how in our prayers we need to be listening to God as much as we're talking to him. So Peter says, I didn't just make that up. We're not just telling you some myths or fairy tales. These aren't just stories we wrote down someday because we felt like it. We witnessed these things. We know what Jesus' glory looks like. We've seen it. We know what the voice of God sounds like. We've heard it. And so the message that we're proclaiming to you isn't our message. It's God's message. And so Peter is saying right here that the message of the apostles, the New Testament, is God's word spoken by the Holy Spirit. But then he continues to say that all the prophets of old didn't write and make up their own things either. They spoke as they were inspired by God. And they wrote things down as God led them. So he's already said the New Testament, the apostles' message, 
is the voice of God. And then he's going back and saying the Old Testament is also the voice of God. So when you read your Bible, you're not just reading a book of stories or history. You're reading what God's word has chosen to reveal to you. And you can hear him speak by reading the word of God. Paul agrees with him in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says this, We have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand things freely given to us by God. And we impart these words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Now the natural person does not accept these things that are of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness. They are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them because these things are spiritually discerned. But the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself not judged by anyone. For who has understood the mind of Christ, but who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ Paul helps us to see that when we study God's word, the Holy Spirit is the one who is teaching us. He's the one guiding us to spiritual truths about God. This isn't something that we can just know by studying with our our natural mind. We have to discern these things spiritually. There's a lot that God reveals that we can learn through creation. We can learn through scientific study. I believe that that all points us to God. But the deep spiritual truths of God of the gospel, of the power of salvation, of the forgiveness of sins, of the redemption of everlasting life cannot be understood by human reasoning, but by connecting with and hearing and allowing the voice of God to teach us. So we need to study God's word, ready for God to teach us more about himself, his will, and his purpose in our lives. And this is the great promise. The Holy Spirit always brings more understanding. He reveals truth to us. He reveals more about God, more about our lives, more about the sins that are hidden in us, more about the purpose, more about what we should do. God's Holy Spirit always brings greater understanding. And this is one of the many blessings of having the Holy Spirit beside us, and inside of us is that this happens daily. We are given the mind of Christ. This is why we can have faith in uncertainty. This is why we can have peace in troubled times. The mind of Christ is with us, renewing our minds. But we have a responsibility to nurture the work that God's doing in our lives. Our decisions will affect our ability to hear the Holy Spirit. Look what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. You've got God's Holy Spirit with you, beside you, and inside of you. But the things you do can grieve Him. Our actions will either mute or magnify His voice. Our actions either mute or magnify his voice. And Paul lists many ways in Ephesians chapter 4 that this happens. We mute God's voice by having impure thoughts. We mute God's voice by using foul and abusive language. We mute his voice by lying and deceiving. We mute his voice by having uncontrolled anger, fits of rage, bitterness, arguing, slander, 
cruelty, seeking after worldly desires and greed. All of these things mute God's voice in our lives and our ability to hear him. But to magnify it, we need to speak the truth in love. We need to seek reconciliation with our enemy. We need to have forgiveness in our hearts. We need to be honoring God in the work that we do. We need to share with those who have need. We need to give encouragement to those who need it. We need to speak kindness, have compassion, and desire godliness above all else. Each one of us needs to examine Are we muting or magnifying God's voice in our lives? I used to know the Sunday school teacher that said it so simply, and I love this. He said, I'm not, I didn't go to college. I don't know the big biblical words, but he always told this to the the kids he had in class. He said, do what you know is right. When you come to a crossroads and you have a decision, do what you know is right. When you're reading the word and it convicts you of something, Do what you know is right. When there's someone you need to go to and be reconciled with, do what you know is right. When you're given a choice whether or not to get ahead or to do the moral thing, like at work or in school, do what you know is right. Jesus warned us about letting our hearts grow hard. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says, of these people that could not understand him. He said, you will indeed hear, but never understand. Indeed, you will seek, you will see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And with their eyes, they have closed, lest they should see and hear and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Jesus said that most people would not be able to see and hear and understand his message. That is a sobering thought. That most people in this world are unable to because of the hardness of their hearts. Because they are not spiritually discerning the things of God. And we are no different here in the church if we don't watch our thoughts our words, our actions, our attitudes, we will start to dull our ears to hearing God's voice too. So how's your heart this morning? Examine where you're at. Is there anything that's muting God's voice? What are you doing that magnifies it? But see, here's the good news. It's not too late to change. Hard hearts can be made soft again. Dull ears can be made to hear again. Blind eyes can be made to see again. You can understand with your heart and turn back to God and find healing. Jesus finishes by saying this in Matthew 13, verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and they didn't see it. And to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. Jesus is saying that we have access right here today to a blessing that people are longing for. The people of old longed to see this. The people in the Old Testament, think of all the heroes of faith from From Moses to Abraham to Elijah to David, Solomon to Ruth to Daniel to all the prophets. 
They wanted to see the things that we see. They did not get access to God's Holy Spirit like we have access today. They did not know the gospel of salvation and the forgiveness of sins like we do today. We have a blessing that others long for, and we still long for it today too. Maybe we don't realize it. Maybe we've been distracted, but we still have a longing for a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. To know God more, to hear his voice more, a closer walk with him. And this world, whether they realize it or not, sure needs that too. This world is longing for that relationship with Jesus Christ. This world is longing for the truth that we experience when we know him. And I think we all know it deep down. Because our lives are meaningless without that relationship with Jesus Christ. So what can you do to make it happen? As we said, it's not too late. You can pray. You can repent of your sins. You can go do that thing that God commanded you to do. It's been said that if you have trouble hearing God today, think back to the last time you felt God speaking to you. Was there something you should have done that you didn't do? Is there a conviction that you should have followed that you didn't? Go back to that last thing and do it. And return to him. He offers healing and restoration to every one of us. And he offers more of himself if we will seek it. That's the gift of having the Holy Spirit beside and inside of us. He is with us always. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you. That your spirit is with us, is in us. And God, we repent right now of the things we've done to quiet his voice. We repent of the attitudes and the thoughts and the words and the actions. And we turn to you. God, we pray that you would speak to us, that, that everyone here would be more encouraged to open your word and read what the Spirit has to say. Thank you for inspiring it. Thank you for guiding us and giving us that great blessing that we have access to the mind of Christ. So may you renew our minds. May you renew our hearts and our lives. And may we hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.